The name's Rex. But you'll call me Captain or Sir. War does not come with a guarantee. No soldier gets the promise of safety. My designation is Trooper 27-5555, sir. We call him Fives. I'm Heavy. This is Echo. I'm Commander Cody, your new boss. Sir, yes, sir! Looks like we got ourselves a batch of shinies, Commander. Look around. We're one and the same. Same heart, same blood. Your training is in your blood. And my blood's boiling for a fight. So I have any idea what this you done is our war. Get ready. This can't be good. We need to pull back. Get on the ball. If we can draw them out, I can see it. Hey, we can see it. coming back. Is it? Yeah, it is. <laughs> I know. Hello, Master. It's been a while. everywhere. Welcome to episode number 207 of Blast Points is Jason. And this is Gabe. Clone Wars. It's back. <laughs> it's so crazy. Can you believe <laughs> what is going on? It's hard to believe. Yeah, it's it's really back. It's been, what, six years since it was canceled, which is crazy to think it's been that long. And it doesn't really feel like anything has changed other than we're all it's like six years older and more tired now. <laughs> In Star Wars terms, the last six years have felt like 60 years. <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's almost like it took 35 years to get the first six, seven with Clone Wars movie. And then the next six years, we got 35 more years of movies <laughs> crammed in there. <laughs> it's like, a, was it an interstellar? Like when you go on the planet, like it's only one Disney Star Wars year is actually like 30 human years. We all have gray hair now when we get back in the ship. <laughs> We've been waiting for you to come back. Well, what a wild trip, too, with Clone Wars. Because, like, when it was first canceled, it was right, it was not too long after, like, the initial, like, Lucasfilm sale to Disney. And the 3D releases were canceled, and there were all the people saying that, like, oh, they don't like the the prequel. They're, they didn't, you know, they only want to concentrate on the good stuff because that's the only people that like Star Wars, right? You know. <laughs> yeah, because that was really the that was the beginning of of people starting to get mad at Disney and everyone who was excited at first, and then was like, "Wait, I'm mad at you now because <laughs> you took Clone Wars away. We all love Clone Wars." <laughs> But it's actually extra perfect and extra funny that of all the things to get taken away and come back, it's Clone Wars because Clone Wars is Dave and Dave Filoni loves to tease people about people being dead and not being dead and characters being gone but not being gone. And of his show was now gone and everyone thought it was dead, but now it's not dead and it's back. So it, it's kind of it's kind of perfect. It's very, it's, yeah, I didn't think about that. It's very, very appropriate. <laughs> when you think of it, you know, being on Cartoon Network, and then it was on, like, TNT for a while, and then it really kind of blew up when it was on Netflix, which possibly could have been the best thing to happen to 
Clone Wars because, you know, myself included, as I've said like 10 billion times, so many people, that's how they started watching Clone Wars and caught up. Yeah. Well, and especially too for a lot of people who can't handle too much Star Wars craziness at one time, it's nice being in like how it was on Netflix and now with Disney Plus too, that you can kind of like, well, if you're not like really grooving on a particular episode, you can just jump to the next one as opposed to like happening to tune in some weekend and seeing an episode all about the moons of Iago and angels and a, and a little kid controlling a droid army or whatever. And, and just being like, this is, this is not for me. And then never coming back. Like, it definitely lends itself well to kind of being able to jump around. Or if you're really into watching it in chronological order, you can do that. Because for whatever reason, that drove people nuts that the show would jump around. So, yeah, it really kind of found its home with streaming stuff. And people being able to watch complete arcs. I'm just going to watch, like, this whole storyline, all four episodes or three episodes or two episodes or whatever, just in one sitting. And it's like a little mini weird little star wars movie almost yeah it's true and yeah that's another reason too if you happen to just watch it some weekend and it's three episodes into a four episode arc that could be a little confusing for people too to kind of jump in i think that was one of the reasons you didn't jump in and start watching it because whenever i would be like you got to watch this one episode you're like well i i won't know what's happening i want to start at the beginning because that was my problem. My big problem was my daughter was born and Colin was on and it was just, I can't keep up with this. And then I knew there was a lot of hype building up to the Mortis episode. And they're like, oh my God, Liam Neeson's back as Qui-Gon. I think you were telling me like Liam Neeson's coming back as Qui-Gon. And I was like, okay, I'll watch it. And I started watching the Mortis episodes of all episodes. <laughs> Like, out of the blue, just while, let's see what's going on with Clone Wars this week. I was like, this is awesome. And I knew when I watched Mortis when it first aired, I was like, wow, they've really come a long way since the movie. But I had no clue what was going on. Well, and that's the thing I, with Clone Wars being back now, and now with Mandalorian, I feel like I'm ready for live-action Star Wars to live on TV for a while. And I really want animation star wars to end up go back to the theater like seeing just this episode of bad batch like it looks so cool and bright and colorful and fun that it seems like a shame not to get a star wars animated something in the theater it's disney I and mean, we've talked about this a million times disney they're all, it's disney it's they're all about animation and you know with stuff like spider-verse coming out really kind of pushing what theatrical animation can be let Star Wars do its thing on the big screen, but in an animated form. The importance of Clone Wars that cannot be understated is that it was, it was the last huge expansion of the Star Wars universe that came directly from George Lucas. We were able to take it in directions that had never been done before. You really got to see a lot of the things that they hinted at in the prequel movies, but didn't really get to explore. Because it came from George, it's so tapped into the history of cinema and the stuff that inspired him. He got more and more interested in pushing the limits of that and seeing, you know, almost what could break it. Can you guys do a giant Godzilla-sized creature, Zilla Beast? Okay, great. Can you guys do a zombie film? Can you guys do a Hitchcock-style film? Can you do Seven Samurai in 22 minutes? The only way we'd feel comfortable telling a story about Yoda exploring the really trippy sides of the Force is if that got the blessing from Jordan. Well, it's crazy now because, like, now it has, like, this, like, legendary status, too, where what happened in Clone Wars, this show that was, I don't want to say, like, dismissed, but not really understood, not really, people didn't understand why it was happening or, like, what the audience was, and now, all these years later, not only are there the fans that have grown up with the show, but we've seen the storylines of the show bleeding into The Mandalorian and Solo movie. Ahsoka's voice was in The Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> its legacy has just become huge. And now, like, with it coming back on Disney Plus for this final season, the anticipation and the excitement level 
has just been off the charts. Well, and it's cool too that it is. It's also kind of new George Lucas Star Wars because he was still helping out with the show back then too. So this is the closest we're going to get to stuff with a little bit more of the the George Lucas dust in it. Even though Mandalorian seems to be uh, coated in Lucas dust a bit, <laughs> it's like we found a time capsule and we dug it up out of the ground. And there's like there's Clone Wars episodes that they just they forgot to air or something. Because I think that was the thing that just really hit me is as much as you can tell it looks better. It looks like you remember it looking. It's like that kind of an upgrade where it doesn't look different. It just looks like you remember it and you remember it looking better than it really did because you're used to seeing things that aren't, you know, six years old, I guess, at this point. But like, yeah, it didn't feel like it was this new thing or it was like a weird new where Netflix adds a new season to a show that's been canceled for 10 years kind of thing where it, it feels like the show because it's the real it's the same actors, but it, it feels a little off maybe. It's like I just traveled back in time six years and the new Clone Wars season came out and it, it looks better than the season before. Just like five looked better than four and two looked better than one. It's it's kind of amazing. I thought it was neat that there and I really wasn't surprised, but I thought it was neat that it just started. There wasn't like any kind of like wink, wink, like, hey, we're back or hey, isn't it so great that we're doing a final season kind of in-universe almost kind of thing? It's, it was the Bad Batch, and it started just like, you know, the Bad Batch was going to be the first episode of Season 7 on Cartoon Network, and this is how it would have started, and this is what's starting now in 2020. It was just more Clone Wars. <laughs> you know, it does make it a little easier for Bad Batch because Bad Batch really did exist in close to final form back then. And we talked about it in, what was that, episode 144? Yeah, 144. That the animatics of these exist on YouTube. And and definitely, if you haven't either listened to that episode or watched those, you know, maybe wait till you see the final episode on Disney+, Plus, but go back and watch them because it is pretty amazing how far along and how much of just the feel of these episodes and look was there in that animatic form. So, you know, I, maybe that makes it easier for it to feel like it was from back then. Cause it, you know, the majority of it was kind of done back then. And, but as we go through the rest of the season, it'll be interesting to see as we get into episodes that don't exist in animatic form, how those feel and in were those as far along as bad batch or not. And did they add more stuff now knowing that they have, the time to finish it off. I guess maybe we'll find out once the season's over, like how much, if anything was added more recently and how much was exactly as they had intended it back six years ago. Yeah. Because originally they were, they were saying they had all season seven ready to go and season eight. So, and like when, when we start going through this episode a little bit more, it's interesting what was changed from the rough version of the episode that was shown at Celebration back in 2015, and we talked about in episode 144. Like, at first, I was like, oh, my God, this is the exact same thing. But there are differences. I don't know. The one thing I kept thinking when I was watching the episode, too, was just like, man, it feels really good to be back in the prequel timeline. We spent so so much time in the sequel trilogy and... I don't know. I feel like a lot of people are like kind of exhausted <laughs> with that time, you know, like it came at us fast and hard. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and and it is one of the things you kind of have to acknowledge with the sequel trilogy. And some people really like this and some people really didn't is how much the sequel trilogy really did try to feel like a direct sequel to the original trilogy with still having TIE fighters and star destroyers and X wings. And even though it's new stuff, it still kind of felt like the original trilogy stuff. And we got rogue one and solo, which were kind of in the original trilogy time and feel. So it really has been a long time since we saw battle droids and, and old school clones and Jedi Starfighters and, Good old Admiral Trench in his cyborgness. 
the Trade Federation army and tactical droids and commando droids and well, and just big scale battles. I mean, as much as the sequel trilogy had some big fights, there weren't like huge armies fighting each other. Like even in just in Bad Batch, like there's you know there's hundreds of battle droids fighting these guys. Like we really haven't got that kind of scale of of battle even. Yeah, with all these new Disney movies. Yeah, it felt like it felt like going back home. The fireplace is still on. There's food in the fridge for you for when you get back. Like get cozy. Your room is just as you left it. There's there's still a box of pizza on the floor. <laughs> it's a couple slices in there. I'm sure they they still taste good. You can still eat them. Lucasfilm Animation was a completely new division. And no one really knew what we were up to behind the main house. Uh, that, that was a constant theme in the early days. People not really understanding what Clone Wars was, not ever, never hearing of a Lucasfilm animation. When we were starting the production and building the studio, it was a collaboration of getting people from various backgrounds, 2D artists, 3D artists, and live action. I think one of the things that really helped the crew at the beginning was being in a house where it didn't feel like you were working at the office. We weren't in cubes. And it was like a small family working on this project that we had no idea how we were going to do it. And it was just that time of just trying to figure out what we were going to do that was very exciting. George had a good idea of what he wanted this thing to be, but the rest of us honestly had no clue because it was so ambitious and it was such a crazy thing to attempt. Right, so, so we're recording this on Friday. The episode just came out this morning. We were saying before we were going to try and repeat The Mandalorian, the morning, mornings with Star Wars routine. How was your morning with The Clone Wars this morning? I somehow totally screwed everything up and for whatever reason, Thursday night, it just slipped my mind that Clone Wars was coming back, and I woke up. I had to get up early today and go into work early, so I was up early, and I was getting ready for work, and then it dawned on me, oh, crap, Clone Wars is today. <laughs> so I was like, oh, no. So at least I was able to quickly, while I was getting ready, I downloaded the episode to my phone so I could watch it on the train, which on one hand, it's not as much fun, maybe not seeing it on the TV, but... My phone is better than my TV. <laughs> so if if you download something at super high quality and I put the phone right up to my face, like it looks better than my TV. So I don't feel like I was really missing out. And like we were always saying with Star Wars stuff, listening to it in headphones is sometimes even better because you get to just hear all the all the sound goodness. So that was my morning. Yeah, I set, I set my alarm for super early and true to form. So I didn't wake everybody up. I brought my clothes my Friday clothes downstairs. And there was a brief period of time where I was buck naked before Clone Wars started. <laughs> so hopefully the neighbors got that look. Strangest person I've ever seen. Yeah. Six in the morning, he's watching a kid's cartoon. Buck naked. <laughs> but no, it was nice. Like, you know, I got my coffee watching Clone Wars. It's There was something magical about Mandalorian because it was so close to Christmas time and like Christmas tree was out and there was like one more, the one Mandalorian morning where like snow was falling outside in the morning as like the sun came up and stuff. And it was still good to bring those, those Star Wars mornings back. Cause like we said, like early morning Star Wars sitting in the freezing cold, trying to be really quiet and not wake up your family. (laughs) It's somehow extremely magical. It's neat because it's it's very similar to Mandalorian of, okay, there's new Star Wars. I'm going to get up. I'm going to watch it. But it's also very different because Mandalorian, I mean, really until the season was over, we didn't really know what Mandalorian was and how it was going to make us feel or supposed to feel and what was it going to look like? What was it going to be like? How long is each episode going to be? We're now with Clone Wars is a little different because like you were saying, it's like, it's it's your old comfy slippers. You know what they feel like. You know you're going to make your feet warm. You know what size they are. So it's 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 definitely more of like a comfort food of Star Wars thing as opposed to the 
kind of weird butterflies in your stomach when you're watching Mandalorian of like, I don't even know what this episode's going to be. Like, I don't even know what it's, you know, <laughs> are there going to be Jawas eating eggs? Are there going to be spaceships? Like, you know, we kind of knew what to expect and we weren't disappointed. Well, and it, it, it's like you were saying earlier too. I think as this season seven goes on, some of that kind of feeling might be coming back where Clone Wars is going to get into some real interesting territory where we know it's building to Order 66, basically, the end of the Clone Wars. But we don't know, like almost kind of once we get past Bad Batch and that story arc, we don't know how that leads or how Ahsoka comes back or what the heck is going to go on with the Siege of Mandalore and Darth Maul and all these things that we know are coming. Those will be some very tense mornings where it's like, oh, I don't know. If, I don't even know if I want to watch this. <laughs> that's, that's true. That's true. It's almost the reverse of Mandalorian, where as the season went on and we kind of, okay, I, I, maybe I know what this, what this wacky show is all about now, where with Clone Wars, yeah, we're starting with discomfort. And by the end, we're going to be sick to our stomach because we know what's coming, but we don't want to see it. And we don't want to know how it happens. It's like waiting to go to the, I don't know, go to the dentist to get a get your teeth removed or something like you know it's coming so it's just like uh, i don't know if i'm ready but you know you'll feel better when it's done well and it was great to all day today just the excitement everyone had and like i said i'm late to this party you've you've been true blue with clone wars since day one and like i've said this before with this show with this show coming back like i'm just excited to get the chance to experience it new with everyone else for the first time. But how did it feel for you, like, going back to it now, and it's like, this thing is really back now? It just feels like like I traveled back in time. And it's like, oh, can't wait till next week. There's a Clone Wars on. I just got to make my daughter tinier again. <laughs> so she, can, she wants to, She's looking forward to watching them with me, but it, it's a little different now that she's giant instead of you know she was like a two-year-old when when it first came out so now she's 12 so oh man but other than that i feel the same (laughs) (laughs) george wanted to explore the idea that there were clones that had kind of at creation at birth uh, specialized traits and after the clone 99 incident uh at the beginning uh of that what was it, Rookies, the previous episode? Yeah, the uh, season, season three cadets, two. Okay. Yeah, uh, that the Keminoans and the Republic had decided not to kind of dispose of uh, some aberrations like 99, but to actually impose further mutation on them to create genetic super soldiers. George had a very specific vision of this motley crew, and one of the things that uh, informed the writing for both Matt and myself was that as we were breaking the stories, Dave was sketching all of the characters. And they came to life right there in the room. When I got back to my office to actually have to write the scripts off the outlines, the characters were already born. I already saw their personalities, their identities. I could already hear their voices just based on those amazing sketches that you did. All right, so let's talk about this first episode. The Bad Batch, in its finished form, finally, directed by Kyle Dunleavy and written by Matt Mishkovitz and Brent Friedman. And then we all know, too, that the real origin of this Bad Batch story is the one and only George Lucas. He was the one that came in with, I want a dirty dozen kind of story. Check it out, everybody. This is what we're going to do for season seven. Like you said, this... We're traveling back in time here. We're putting on those those comfy slippers, and <laughs> on the on the front of those comfy slippers is just a picture of George Lucas's face. We put some Nike Monarchs on, some uh, some saggy jeans, button up flannel, Hershey bar, and a, a glass bottle of Coke. <laughs> maybe maybe a gumball. I I don't know. Sitting in our big chair, listening to Aaron Neville, thinking about the Dirty Dozen. You you hear like Filoni and people talk about this episode, and it's like you almost forget how much of Clone Wars came from Lucas because like he was even each one of the clones was kind of 
his directive. Of the Bad Batch? Yeah. With the, uh, well, what do we got? We have Billy from Predator. Hunter, who, even today, people were like, oh, he looks like Charlie Sheen from Hot Shots, which he does. <laughs> he does. There's a little bit of Springsteen in there. There's a little bit of uh, John J. Rambo. But if you ask Filoni what the influence on Hunter is, it's Billy from Predator, <laughs> which, of course... Hunter will always, when we were directing him and drawing him, he was always kind of Billy from Predator. That yeah. was kind of right. the inspiration for that character. And then, well, and then you have uh, oh, what's the sniper's guy's name? Crosshair. Oh yeah, Crosshair. Duh. And he's supposed to be what a little Clint Eastwood. I, every time I look at him, I think he he looks exactly like Scott Glenn, who we all remember from. Such films as Urban Cowboy, The Keep, everybody's favorite movies, right? No? Maybe. There's Wrecker, the big giant super muscle man of the of the Bad Batch. Which I think I said in our previous episode, he may be the strongest person in all of the Star Wars universe. At least that we've ever seen on screen. Maybe second to the the Clancy Brown Devil Man from Mandalorian. That's no, I think you're right. No, you're right. I think Clancy Brown and Mandalorian may. That's the fight we need to see. Wrecker versus uh, and what was his name in that episode of Mandalorian? I don't even remember. Uh, super strong Devil Man. Yeah. Well, and then there's uh there's Tech. Yeah, who I thought looked like Brain from Thunderbirds. <laughs> yeah, which is still. An incredible observation because bringing it all back to the the influence of animation on the Clone Wars, Thunderbirds, Jerry Anderson's amazing Thunderbirds. But like, of course, Lucas was coming up with all these ideas. Like, so the one big strong guy, there's like a smart guy. I don't know. There's a guy who looks like Billy from Predator. And there's Scott Glenn. <laughs> Which, you know, that's probably exactly what Lucas said. Well, even early in the episode, too, it was like... I was really impressed when they show Mace and Anakin, and it's like, wow, look at Anakin. He's all dressed up in his Revenge of the Sith gear. Yeah, it's looking so good. His hair is extra big and poofy and that beautiful Skywalker hair. And it's like there were little things where very subtle things to let you know, like, hey, the animation is even has even changed from like Season six, like those little things with like the sleeves of Mace Windu's Jedi tunic. Yeah, there's a lot of little. Well, I mean, I think everyone's talking about just the lighting in this episode, just how the choice of lighting is cool and just how vibrant the colors. And it's just, I don't know, it's just beautiful to look at and little things like sparks and there's all the crystals on that planet. Like every time they're like breaking a crystal, there's just all these little sparkly crystals flying around and things that kind of there just wasn't that amount of like crisp little details in the previous seasons and i do like that when uh rex is looking at that picture of the clones it kind of it's in the art style of the pictures of like ezra's family that he would look at or it's almost like photographs in the animation universe kind of look like somebody drew them by hand i would i like to think too that maybe there's a photography droid or something that took a picture or there's one clone that's like like the newspaper clone trooper that's just like taking pictures and writing stories about the battle or something. That was the episode that we never got. We should have gotten was the the clone newspaper division. <laughs> All the reporters writing the clone newspaper. Oh, Man. Yeah, the hollow net. Which when I was watching it this morning for the first time, I was that scene with Rex and Cody in the photograph where they're talking about like fives and echo and stuff. I was like, Oh, this is a really cool scene. And then when I went back later today and I rewatched the animatic, that scene is brand new. Oh, crazy. Okay. I'm glad you went back and double checked. Cause yeah, for whatever reason, I guess I thought it was there before, but you're right. <laughs> in the, in the original version that we watched the whole explanation of like, that Rex thinks Echo is still alive. It's it's all very brief, and it's all right there with Anakin and Mace. And I really liked in the final version, the Disney Plus version today, when Rex is about to leave and Anakin senses, what else? There's something else you want to tell me. And then when Rex is by himself and he's like, I didn't want to tell them because I'll sound crazy. 
is such a cool scene too because like you think if you watched season six and then went straight into season seven, which I'm sure in the future people will, there'll be none of this like hoopla of oh it's back, you know, they'll just go straight into this. Coming off season six and all the stuff with fives, you know, the clones would be kind of like, we got to keep cool. And like, we don't want to, you know, look at what happened to fives. Right. That's true. And almost kind of hinting at kind of some tension between the clones and the Jedi a little bit and with just within themselves, too. Because it's it's a sad thing starting the season out with Rex and Cody kind of seeing how much they're buddies and how much they've been through together and knowing by the end of the season they're not buddies anymore and Cody tries to kill the Jedi and Rex ends up in hiding until, and we know where he ends up with rebels. Yeah. The, uh, the foreshadowing's all kind of there. Well, yeah. Like you were saying too, like some of the seeds of distrust of the clones could be coming into the Jedi. Like it wasn't that long ago, probably where a clone just opened, lost it and open fired and killed the Jedi. Well, and with the whole interaction between, the regs and the bad batch too. There's, I mean, there's tension between the clones of they don't, they're starting to not trust each other. It's kind of like the war has been going on long enough. Everyone's kind of starting to lose it almost back to, was that season five with the, what was his name? Oh yeah. Krell. Krell. Yeah. So that whole thing kind of carrying through that, you know, if you're, if you're in war long enough, everyone starts to lose it and turn on each other. Which, yeah, that'll be, it'll be interesting, like we said, how this season keeps going and the stuff that hasn't come out already, the stories that will be brand new of this kind of deepening, too. And the scene with the photograph in, in this version, it was really nice because I was like, okay, well, this isn't an exact redoing of what, like we said, like was shown at uh, Celebration in 2015, what we talked about in episode 144. Because when I went back and rewatched the animatic, too, it's like the dialogue was different. The music is different. There are some scenes that were blocked different. It, it's almost like some parts of the dialogue was the same, but I feel like they redid the script for this new version. Well, which makes sense, too, because I'm sure that was their, that their process is once they got the animatics done, you know, as you're animating it and, and working on it and you're going to make changes and find things to change and tweak, so... It's it's good to see that in just this first episode that we're already seeing that because that it sets a good precedent for the rest of the season that we're not just getting kind of a rush job of them finishing off stuff that was close to finished before that they actually took the time to make each episode as good as it can be. It's been said a million times with all of Clone Wars, but it's especially true in this episode that D. Bradley Baker is a complete maniac because yeah this episode especially it's a little bit anakin a little bit of mace but it's mostly like d bradley baker talking to himself in a thousand different voices with a little bit of matt wood doing wacky wacky battle droid voices right this episode is pretty much 90 percent d bradley breaker and matt wood yeah which is pretty nuts i don't know maybe now that it's back it's like give Give that guy some awards or something because it is pretty amazing watching this that you don't stop to think that there's what between the Bad Batch, Ford guys and everyone else. It's like all these voices are the same person and I never feel like I don't know who's talking and I never feel like they're like, you know, doing the wrong voice. Like you could watch this episode with your eyes closed and you'd still know who everybody is. It's just, it's pretty amazing. Talk about that. Like a while in advance, I warned you about this. Yeah. Because we were trying to figure out how we were going to do it. I think you sent me a script for this uh, probably a few weeks beforehand, which is is earlier than I would typically get. And then I'd I'd think it through and he'd tell me what he wants. And then we'd just kind of nail it down finally once we got into uh, into the session. Because each of the Bad Batch, they all have very distinct personalities. And I like I didn't even think of it when we watched like the unfinished version. But it makes more sense too now that these guys are like the reject clones going into like the defect pile. But now like knowing that this is the final season and the end of the war is in sight, that they're kind of like, well, what these these clones that turned out weird that don't look like the other clones, how can we 
continue to genetically modify them, those crazy Kaminoans, to give them like different skill sets and stuff. And I don't know, for some reason, the whole concept of that was lost on me back when we did 144. Well, it's just a cool visual thing, too, of, of you know, so many seasons in of seeing the same clone over and over again and how, you know, they we get they have different hairstyles and tattoos and things and slightly different personalities but it's yeah it's neat just visually to see them kind of stretching that where you can see that they all are based on the clones but that in addition to their different abilities and sizes like just even their faces are like slightly similar yet different pretty early on in this episode though we brought him up once before well we got to mention him again we are introduced once again, to the the superstar celebrity, the biggest star of the Star Wars universe, Admiral Trench. Contact Count Dooku immediately. I have something he'll be very interested in. I love you, Admiral Trench. I will never not appreciate the gift of Admiral Trench. He was amazing when he wasn't a cyborg and the fact that they were they knew that they had a superstar on their hands and after he blew up, I don't even remember what season that was, that they brought him back as a cyborg. Please, 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 Hot Toys, make a 12-inch Admiral Trench. I'll I'll come out of retirement and I will buy you immediately. Didn't we discover that like the only Admiral Trench toy was like one of those like weird early 2000s like Fisher Price like little figures? There was like a Clone Wars super set that came with a very small trench. If there is, I, I thought there was nothing. There's a Lego. I think it was a Lego, wasn't it? <laughs> I probably it was probably uh, was dreaming at night. I think you 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 have the same dreams that I do. Where you stumble across an Admiral Trench toy you didn't know existed. Where's where's my animatronic Admiral Trench? Baby Yoda's pretty cool, but he's not a spider general. That his tentacles move. <laughs> Little clicks. Algorithm. <laughs> it's the comfy slippers. You take off you take off the Lucas comfy comfy slippers and put on the comfy slippers with the picture of Admiral Trench on them. It's it's going back home. Oh, and there's so many other little great little things like that. Like I didn't even I don't know how I missed it the first time. The speeder bikes are like Dooku speeder bike with the uh, separatist paint job on them. Did you catch that? I totally missed it the first time. I was talking to our friend Richie at work about that, and he was like, "Yeah." That was her Count Dooku's speeder bike. I was like, oh, man, I didn't even notice that. Like another thing that just felt like going back home, it's like the the sound of the speeder bikes or the sound of the the Republic gunships. All those prequel era sounds again. Them being up with just absolutely gorgeous visuals in this new era of Clone Wars. Like everything when they're on Felucia, I was like, look at this. This is amazing. And listen to this. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's it's just fun to be back to big, old, loud, outrageous, crazy Star Wars. That you know, it's animated, it's a TV show, it's cartoons, and it's prequel stuff. And they're just going big and going crazy. You know, they're in a valley full of giant pink flowers that are as big as as a truck. <laughs> it's just like they're definitely on an alien planet. They're flying speeder bikes. There's everything's made out of crystals. It's just like it's great. It's just fun. I hope with it now being on Disney Plus that it inspires more people to go back and explore other seasons. Like it was great. What was it last week that Disney Plus had like on their menu an essential Clone Wars episode, like top ten episodes of Clone Wars you have to watch and stuff. And there's absolutely no shortage of articles online <laughs> of what are the best episodes of Clone Wars. Yeah, every, everybody has their, their list of the best. I mean, I would hope that the hoopla and all the stuff and all the, the episodes we're going to be getting and all the way through May, I hope it does inspire people to go back. And I feel like one, and one of the best things about Clone Wars that people have been saying since it first came out 
and people started really getting into it. And you hear it, people say it so many times is that for, for a certain audience, it helps their enjoyment of episodes one, two, and three. It shows them those movies in a different light. The show does so many things so well, but one thing it does really well is it enriches the, the story of those for the episodes one, two, and three of Anakin, of Kenobi, of Palpatine, of his, you know, puppet mastering behind the scenes, of Padme, Dooku, all these characters that you see in those movies. It's like we talked about in the, the AOTC A to Z, like it gives them more room to breathe. Yeah, because in the end, it's almost like Clone Wars is the prequels and the the three live action movies are kind of like, they're like the Ewok movies that were on TV <laughs> that spun off from the Clone Wars because there's just so much more Clone Wars than there are the movies that, yeah, I mean, at least Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith almost feel like they're the big event movie capping off the TV show instead of the other way around. Yeah, it's like the end of Attack of the Clones is the beginning of the story. Revenge of the Sith is the end of the story. And you've got this huge chunk of story in between where some unbelievably awesome things happen. I don't know. And if it helps people enjoy those films more and it gets people looking at the prequels in a different way, then I'm happy. You know? <laughs> no, that's the best. Well, and it's it gets... Uh... The kids love it. It's Star Wars is for kids, most of all. And kids love Clone Wars as much or more than anything else, too. Because it's just, it's got it all. Well, and that's, you know, that's like what we were saying when we went to the panel at Celebration. We were saying that after we, after that panel got done, we were saying that that's what it's all about. You know, that crazy man Lucas, he's right. For the kids, I don't care about anybody else. And it's it's real Star Wars in the way that, it's totally goofy kid fun stuff that you can just jump in and enjoy. There's some some layers and, and deeper meaning in there as you get older that you can appreciate too. So it's not just a kid's show and it's not just a serious adult drama. It's got those Star Wars layers in there where you can enjoy it at, at different levels and enjoy it for different reasons as you get older. I think the moral of the story is, welcome back, Colin Wars. <laughs> Yeah. It's good to have you back. We needed you back. The door has always been open for you. And we're so glad that you're back. And you're going to be with us all the way through May. And you brought hope to those who have none. <laughs> you were meant to help us. It was the greatest time, for sure, for a lot of us, I think. It was like a master class or getting your doctorate in filmmaking directly from George Lucas. He was teaching us just what he liked. It wasn't so much about Star Wars, sometimes it was, but it was really just about the way he thought about film, saw film, films he watched. And so it was the greatest kind of learning environment that I've ever had in this job. And I absolutely loved it. I knew every day that one day it would be over, so I never lost sight of that. And I loved the people that I worked with. And the fans. I mean, I know fans now for over a decade because of my relationship with this show. When I don't say things, it's not because I'm trolling them, really, though they say I am. It's because I'm trying to hold out my excitement to give them that experience, that feeling that I think we all associate most with Star Wars, which is this euphoria and this excitement. When Obi-Wan says, use the Force, Luke, and the theater erupts, those feelings are so rare now. And that's what I think is the greatest thing about telling these stories is you can get people back to that place and bring people together in this place. And I've always believed that Star Wars is something that brings people together. Things were different then. Just us troopers and the Jedi, standing between Grievous and his droids and the rest of the universe. I fought everywhere, from Kamino to Tatooine, Rhodia to Coruscant. I saw worlds fall, and I learned much from the Jedi. Skywalker, Kenobi, young Ahsoka Tano. We stood together against everything they threw against us. We were heroes. Star Wars The Clone Wars, a new adventure Fridays at 9 p.m., only on Cartoon Network. So it is that time of the month where we give a special shout out to all the members of the Blast Points Patreon army out there on Patreon. We thank each and every one of you so very much for your support. It's incredible and awesome, and we love it. 
and we love you <laughs> for helping out the show and letting us do do this craziness every week. Truly, deeply love you. And before I die, I want we want you to know <laughs> we've been dying a little bit each day since you came into our Patreon life. <laughs> All right. So let's start out uh, with a big thank you to Austin, Mick, Ian, Robert, Nathan, Matthew, Darren, Adam, David, Brad, Austin, Alex, Ben, Chris, and Paul. And Liam, Shana, Pablo, Will, Trevor, Ronald, Joshua, Kevin, Simon, Rebecca, Ross, Christopher, Sponge, Norm, Jose, Timothy, Brooks, Chantal, Jason, Augusto, Eliza, Andrew, Robert, Mitchell, Adam, Elliot, Colleen, Andy, Joshua, Rick, Kevin, Jesse, Timothy, Doug, and Kara. And thank you to Susanna, Francisco, Tim, Chris, Patrick, Lawrence, Emily, Andrew, Joseph, Kevin, Sam, Robbie, CW, Ryan, Dustin, Kathy, Kit, Stephen, Allison, Anuj, and Ash. Connie, Jay, Josh, Jeremy, Ryan, Patrick, Angelo, David, Joe, John, Stephen, Marie, Jay, Jason, Tracy, Dave, Stephanie, Jonathan, Matthew, Matt, Rodney, Amy, Craig, Steve, Brandon, Marissa, Neil, Michelle, and Olivia. And thank you to Kevin, Sean, Brandon, Brittany, Tom, Ian, Aiden, Christian, Jim, Jessica, Thomas, Thomas, Suki, Nick, Rachel, Miss Art, Bobby, Pav, and Patrick. And thanks to Jonathan, Julia, Demi, Eaton, Lenka, Skytalkers, Andrew, JJ, Brian, Stephen, Andy, Ross, Lady Vader, Caleb, Jay Stevens. Mike, Sharon, Josiah, Raymond, Christy. <laughs> and thank you to Thalion, Jake, Dale, Tom, Sagarius, Crumb, Angel, Hammy, Candace, Matthew, Jen, and Jesse. And thanks to Christina, Jake, Amber, Sinatra, Jackson, Michael, Paul, Carrie, Justin, Jordan, Mike, Rob, Jonathan, Khadija, John, Katie, Benjamin, Amy, Drac, Amy, Jeff, John, Eric, and Todd. Woo! That's what you call a Blast Points Army. Again, thank you all so much. Just last weekend, we had a commentary out there for you folks for the Gendy Clone Wars. Because it's Clone Wars fever over there at the Blast Points Army. And coming this weekend, you will get the beginning of our weekly Patreon Clone Wars episodes. We're, we're doing them all, all the way through May. <laughs> we're going to talk about each one. Every weekend, Clone Wars <laughs> fever for... A quarter of the year. It's Clone Wars year <laughs> divided by three or four, whatever, however many months there are. Three months of Clone Wars on Patreon. It's going to be fun. We're going to be with you the, the whole way through, and it's going to be a lot of fun. So, like the Carpenters said, we've only just begun <laughs> to live, to breathe. Clone Wars and Promises. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, everybody. Thank you. 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 Hi, J.J. Abrams here. On behalf of the entire cast and crew of Star Wars Episode 7, thank you. Star Wars, the Clone Wars. The droid army has launched a full-scale attack, but clone reinforcements have just arrived. It's the massive all-terrain tactical enforcer. The ATTE has enough firepower to take down the droid army with projectile launchers, a main blaster cannon, and room enough to carry an entire squad of clone troopers into battle. Move out, let's go! The droid army doesn't stand a chance with the ATTE. ATTE comes with one figure, other figures sold separately, batteries not included. This is Captain Rex. You're listening to Jason and Gabe on Blast Points. And these Blast Points, too accurate for sand people. Only Imperial Stormtroopers are so precise.
know what the deal is with Apple Podcasts. When you're done listening, if you listen on some sort of Apple something or other, head over there to Apple Podcasts. Go to the place where you can write a little review. And if you write something really nice about the show, we'll read yours on an upcoming episode. We've got a good handful that we're dying to read. We've got some real good ones. And hopefully next week we'll be able to. But you can add yours to the group that needs to be read. We'd love to read yours, too. And don't forget to check out BlastPointsPodcast.com. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And if you're on Facebook, sign up for the Super Chill Group. It's like Star Wars Celebration every single day there on the Chill Group. You can make new friends. Everybody likes making new friends, right? It's like virtual Star Wars Celebration. It's like the (laughs) pre-party. The pre-party starts now. Doesn't matter. It's not till August. We're starting the pre-party now on the chill group. Well, that about wraps up episode number 207. Clone Wars saved, as the folks say. We're happy to have it back. Yeah, I have Clone Wars saved on my phone now, so I can watch it every morning on the train until next week. So they weren't kidding with the saved. Tune in next week. Another jam-packed, action, super fun episode. But as for this week, thanks everyone for listening. Bye-bye. May the force be with you. Goodbye, old friend. May the force be with you. you by the magic of video i don't know what you're talking about (laughs) may the force be with all of you